0: Talking about cults has become practically an American pastime, whether it's making fun of those kooky Zinu followers or the way the phrase, drink the Kool-Aid, has made its way into our vernacular, cults have always fascinated us. But what about the more subtle, nuanced, false ideologies that make up what we'll be calling a soft cult today? What would it be like to grow up with your theology just skewed enough to make you walk away from faith altogether? We'll be talking to a very good friend of Theology on Tap about his story of growing up this way, where it led him and what he believes now, on today's episode of Theology on Air. Well, welcome back to Theology on Air. I'm Sarah Stone. Uh, I'm the Outreach Director for Young Adults at MDPC, and I'm joined, as usual, by the co-producer, Evan McClanahan, Senior Pastor at First Lutheran in Midtown. Wave for the fans. Mm -hmm. And we are joined today by our our guest and very good friend, Clay Casasa, who's going to, in a minute, tell you a little bit about himself. I'm going to skip the little bio part because today's episode is really about Clay telling his story as one of our just stories of transformation, stories um, of people that have come to know God in a very different way um, through trial. and, And you'll hear a little bit more about that. But first, just a couple housekeeping items If you have not already, definitely check out our website. It's www.HoustonTOT.com. I don't know why I said www. I know. It was really unnecessary. Also, if you want to know how to Google things. okay, let me stop. But HoustonTOT.com, and then as you're listening to the podcast, please, please, please subscribe. Then you'll see when new stuff comes in, um, and you can even rate us, review us, give us a million stars. I don't know how many. Mm -hmm. It's like five. A million is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're going to be a hater, then just don't review us at all. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, but okay, I think that's all of that. This is uh, one of, like I said, a few stories that we want to tell you this year. Of just transformation and changing one's ideas about faith, and uh, so Clay, I'm just going to ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, tell us a little bit about growing up in what I've already tipped tipped our hand a little bit that it was what you call a soft cult. But tell us a little bit about about you and growing up and why you're here today.
1: Okay, so I'm Clay Casasa. For those of y'all at home, uh, I did grow up in Houston. I've been here except for five years that I was in the Navy. Uh, and from second grade, well, so it would have been starting third grade on through high school graduation. Uh, I say that because it was a homeschool graduation. Uh, I was homeschooled in a program called ATI uh, slash IBLP, which stood for the Advanced Training Institute, which I'm just going to ask you, does that, do you know at all what that, what that would be? Would entail if I just said advanced training institute? No, right? what it the sounds like a in, it is it. Like
2: like where you might go for like to be an automobile mechanic. vocational,
1: yeah, okay. yeah, okay. Or um, You're a Phoenix. One of the other terms for it was the Institute and in Basic Life Principles. Again, that sounds like nothing. Self help. Pretty, pretty vague.
0: vague. Learn how to be assertive. It sounds like a Scientologist. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, a little bit. Um, they talk about
2: like technology, you know, Scientology. They talk about their technology. Which is always an odd word, but that's what they describe it as. Okay. Anyway, when I think of institute, you know, this was definitely yeah.
1: not techno- technologically yeah. focused. Um, but I grew up under that. It was a homeschooling program that was really created in the '60s and on through the '80s uh, to kind of combat the the cultural revolution of the '60s. <laughs> um, so basically, a conservative from the conservative movement a pushback against that to more traditional values. So this was a program that my parents felt like as. So this would have been in the late 80s, early 90s when we were starting this. So things like high school shootings were happening, Mm -hmm. um, kind of the public school system was going off the rails. So my parents decided we want to pull our children out of that, which I'm grateful for that, for that type of protection from, um, you know, just obviously violence. But the idea was we're going to separate ourselves from the evil of the world. We're going to create this little bubble for ourselves where we'll be able to control the environment, teach everything we want to teach, create a pure... No God honoring uh, environment, um,
0: and it was a homeschool uh, organization, but it was linked to the ministry of Bill Gothard. Bill Gothard, who, for those of you that maybe know the story of like the Duggars, that's that's that that's the crowd we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Gothard, I believe y'all can fact check me later, but has been sued uh, multiple times.
1: Yeah, so he has something like two dozen um, sexual impropriety suits being filed against him. Yeah, yeah that's It's been going out for years. What's wow. that?
2: 2,000.
0: What? That's 2,000? A, did you say 2,000? No, I said two, two dozen. dozen. Oh, two yeah. dozen. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That like, escalated
2: quickly. It's like, yeah, that's that's a lot of people. But two dozen is <laughs> no. also a lot. Yes, yes, it is. It's too many. It's yeah, it's too About dozen. two dozen too many. <laughs> two dozen too many. Yeah, I'm sorry.
0: Okay, yeah. so, so I am going to refer for the rest of the episode to this as a cult. You said mm-hmm. you didn't realize maybe until you were an adult that what you grew up in was a cult, but... Now that you kind of have sussed that out, you and um, some of your siblings, let's talk a little bit about what made it so. Like homeschooling's not terrible. That doesn't make something a cult. And uh, so tell us, maybe like I know one of the big things when I heard you tell me this that made my ears perk up is that they define grace differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those of you listening, I think we would probably define grace as something like, you know, undeserved love and blessing from god kind of thing Mm -hmm. right yeah unmerited
2: favor
1: yeah
0: Yeah. um but tell us how they define grace
1: so then this is pretty much verbatim it's the desire and power to do god's will Mm. so put that in the context and if y'all can remember the reference uh but it's it's the um it's the passage of scripture that says uh for by grace are you saved through faith Mm -hmm. and not, not of ourselves so i just always like to substitute in there the cult's definition of grace which is for by the power and desire to do God's will, are you saved? Yikes. as just sit there and pause on that for a minute. Yeah. Uh, well, I would invite the audience to do that um, and just see if that if that passes the smell test. Because <laughs> to me, it does It
2: does not. Well, if you're yeah. a reformed
1: person, no. But honestly,
2: it's a pretty normal definition of all religious life, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's I'm, Roman Catholicism
2: right. essentially no. offered in a, you know, not saying that's not a
1: part of it is is having the desire and the power to do God's will, but the the first instance of grace being what brings us to God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's literally the opposite. Right. It's saying you can do right. this, mm-hmm. which I think that's probably one of the biz- biggest misconceptions that the world has of most religion, including mm-hmm. Christianity. It's like, oh, just be a good enough person, and then God will be happy with you. And, 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 and it's not of, that. <laughs> yeah. In
2: sort of Lutheran kind of orthodox circles um you'll often hear that there's sort of like two religions in the world there's there's true grace and then there's everything else you know hmm. so okay er, so you know you're either saved by grace or it's up to you so that's kind of boils it down so they would they have placed themselves we would say outside of the 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 um, doctrines of grace as lutherans calvinists etc would understand it so yeah yeah with that definition okay. um
0: so, uh, okay, so the grace definition is wonky, but then, and I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit here because I want to talk a little bit more about some of the things they believed, and then we're going to talk to some of the uh, kooky stuff that you and <laughs> okay. experienced growing up, but um, talk about some more sort of like doctrinal or moral differences that, what is it, ATI, LMNOP, what's it called again?
1: Uh, ATI, or, well, so they were basically, <laughs> they were kind of sister organizations uh, technically they were separate, but really there was, they were pretty inbred. Um, so ATI slash IBLP.
0: Okay. Yeah. Or we can just call them the Gothardites, which is what I called them in college. Called They're oh, okay. the quiver full people. If you've ever heard of the, um, yeah, yeah like I, I dated a guy in college who was mm-hmm. a Gothardite and he informed me that no one should use birth control ever because mm-hmm. you want your quiver nice and full. That's, that's, <laughs> that's I was funny. like that's so that's young. I, like, I was like, I'm not even <laughs> thinking about my quiver yet. It's one <laughs> of the Psalms
2: about like. Yes. You yes. know, um, it's a blessing to have a quiver for yes. children or something. But I think
1: yeah. as we go on in this conversation, I think that's going to be a common theme, though, is we're saying, because I agree that it, that is in Scripture. That's And I think children are great, and having a lot of children might be great for uh, some people. Um, but just it's the common theme is going to be the twisting and the perverting mm-hmm. and the cherry-picking of Scripture.
0: And I'm, I'm gathering a lot of legalism, too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So tell us about some of those doctrinal or moral differences, and I mean, I have a couple things written down. Okay. I've heard this story a few times. I find it fascinating um, that you can think of that would maybe like stray from orthodox Christian teaching.
1: Uh, oh, do you want to talk about the um, the umbrella? I definitely um, want to talk okay. about the
0: umbrella. I almost wish we had an umbrella so we could do the demo.
1: That would be that would be highly triggering for me. <laughs> Sorry. Mm. Okay. Um, no, but the umbrella uh, the umbrella of protection was basically the concept of if you could. It, it was a chart. It was a diagram. So mm-hmm. there was this literal umbrella uh, at the top, and underneath it was the man, the husband, the, the man of the family, uh, like in the center, off to the side were the wives and the children. And so as long as they were under the umbrella, uh, so the, the umbrella of authority would have been God's authority, but also there was an expectation that there was sort of a hierarchy there, that the, mm-hmm. the man was then the smaller umbrella, and mm-hmm. then the wife, the smaller end of that, and the children, of course, at the very bottom. Um, and the idea was that as long as you're under this, as long as you're under authority, which is the source of protection, mm-hmm. the rain can't get you. No harm can can get to you. I think we have a mutual friend that I think described uh, that they actually got up on stage with their family and mm-hmm. actually had an umbrella and like I think the pastor threw paper clips at them or something, right? And to they, show they the didn't paper get bouncing off, and, and they weren't, and the. The the family was under the umbrella, so therefore they couldn't be touched by the paper clips. So that was the idea. Authority was the key. If you were under authority, you were protected from everything and anything. And if something bad happened, but if something bad did happen while you were still under authority, it was God's will because you were under his will for you to be under authority. So it was like part of the plan.
0: So, how did you know if something bad happened, if it was God's will, or if it was that the authority had slipped? I mean, just, yeah, well, okay. It, it,
1: okay. So since the channel, the channel was seen as God through the authority down to the subservience, whatever to people under authority. So if it came through that channel, it couldn't. It couldn't be out of God's will. It couldn't be out of God's plan, because His plan is for us to be under authority.
0: Right. But it was supposed to protect you from things like. And this is the best part of the graphic. We <laughs> might have to find the graphic and insert it somehow into this video. I don't know if. It, we can do that or not, but, um, you can look it up. We're going to put some information below the, uh, below the the video for those of you watching on YouTube and you can look this up for yourself. But in the, the clip, the thing that I find so hilarious and also dark and disturbing is the, the sort of arrows of bad things that are come raining yeah. down on the umbrella are different for men and women. Do you want to say what they are?
1: Yeah. Uh, wanna so <laughs> I've, the only thing I remember from that graphic in particular was that cervical cancer mm-hmm. was was one of them. If if the females, whether it be the the wife or the or the girls, are out of authority, then they're uh, more uh, susceptible, open, yeah, to things like cervical cancer.
0: Um, yeah, I think it said for men, pornography. That's like a temptation that if they weren't under the umbrella, that would get them. And then women, cervical cancer. It's very specific. Mm. I mean, cervical cancer well, is often
2: caused by having a quiver full I guess oh
0: my gosh well
2: I mean really I mean if that's the greatest ideal
0: you can have a full quiver with with cervical well with HPV that gives you cervical cancer but (laughs) now we're on a whole STD Uh, talk uh so Uh okay talk to your doctor today okay (laughs) okay so you had the umbrella protection um wasn't there also so For those of you that don't know, Clay is part of a a group that meets that. uh, So I've heard this story before with a whole PowerPoint slide presentation and one of the other. And if everyone's like a PowerPoint and then they watched it and their jaws dropped and their eyes were wide and it was very Mm -hmm. fascinating. But one of the other slides, several of the slides in there had to do with what you mentioned earlier about Bill Gothard having all these court cases open against him because there was sexual abuse. And it seems like a lot of the rhetoric in the writings of. This organization really put a lot of blame on victims. Mm-hmm. So, can you speak to that a little bit?
1: Yeah, um, I, I think I'm remembering the the graphic. By the way, all those graphics that you're talking about, those came from the curriculum, like straight up screenshots from. They were called wisdom booklets. And again, like I'm just gonna throw terms out here, <laughs> and it's it could go down the rabbit hole forever. So, kind of, yeah. Uh, I'll I'll throw out we'll as many as you want. Yeah, but um, so they were called wisdom booklets which are these little just white pamphlets put together and they had like six categories of, it was basically, this was the academic part, academic part of the education was because we still had to meet state requirements for education. Um, my mom kept transcripts of all the subjects, but say like the science, so like the science, um, the portion would have been met by this section in the wisdom book that talked about cervical can you, you know, about, mm-hmm. Technically, it was scientific because it's dealing with medicine. Yeah, and the body, anatomy, yeah. But it was always through the lens of Scripture, which we should always be seeing through the lens of Scripture. But it was very much like that was – they were shoehorning. They were using that as a vehicle. It's like a charging horse. To get to the point they really wanted to talk about, which was what standards can we make you adhere to to protect you from this? Or to – basically, that was the teachable moment was –
0: But if they're – if they're protecting people, especially, let's say, you know, girls, um, and then the girls aren't sort of following those rules or staying within the umbrella of protection, um, if sexual abuse happened, it seemed like a lot of the literature was suggesting that it was her fault. For cause sure. Because she had sort of invited it. She hadn't been careful mm-hmm. to do these things that she had learned. Yeah. Um, and that's just a pretty countercultural thing right now, especially.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'll just throw out what two or three examples that I can think yeah. of right now. One of them was, um, I remember this graphic of, um, guys, it's hard to explain the graphics. Um, basically, saying, "Okay, so you were you were abused, maybe maybe just regular abuse, or if it was sexual abuse, um, it was it was basically think how could God like how could God use this for His glory?" Or like, <laughs> it, but in but in much of I mean, obviously, we sh- God can bring glory out of brokenness, but mm-hmm. it was in a very particular way that I'm that I'm trying to describe. It's very well, difficult. We can, to can we can paste it in. Uh, what's like, that? We
2: could, we can paste it in later in the video.
1: Okay. So, yeah. Oh the, the graphic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh okay. Okay. Yeah. Um I'll just see if I can describe really quick. If not, I'll yeah. jump off that point. Um but it was almost like this was it was almost like I don't know, I'm I'm gonna butcher this right now. It, it it'll make a lot more sense seeing the graphic. Mm-hmm. It's very so it's like very blaringly obvious like what the problem is. But basically is with it's almost like they
2: they know that this is going to happen. And so they're setting the stage of a way that, like,
1: good can come out of it or something. like. Yikes. Yeah, it, that, but it's just, seeing the graphic will probably tie it. Gotcha. L- well, tie it in.
0: And speaking of graphics, one of the other ones that I, I now have sort of a running joke with a few of our mutual friends about is part of the preparation to help girls avoid these kinds Ugh. of things was uh, this thing called eye traps. I know this is just a side piece of it, but I just think it's kind of humorous. So tells about eye traps. Okay. Tell us if Evan and I are engaging in any eye traps uh, today. Well, you I know. did get
2: this shirt from Express like a Ooh. dozen years well, ago. You it's were showing, you from were from showing
1: pride by insisting on brand wearing name brands. Yeah.
2: Well, actually, I, I actually do try to shy away from any logos. So. <laughs> okay. I mean, you wouldn't know this was an Express shirt if I didn't tell you. It could be JCPenney, for all you know. Okay. Again? There you go. Yeah, anyway, uh, go ahead. But
1: eye traps. Uh, so I think unless you're wearing a burlap sack, you probably have yeah. eye traps on. These, the 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 graphic that Sarah is talking about is there was like nine different like drawings of models with just like blank faces of like wearing different pieces of clothing, and they were very frumpily dressed. Would yeah, you? They're, agree? they're modest. Yes. Yeah. yes. Uh, like no one probably watching this would have a problem thinking it was any type of scandalous. But uh, like eye traps would be any. Basically, an eye trap is anything that traps your eyes away from somebody else's countenance, from from the mm. face, from the eyes. So like a logo, yeah, across across, Mm -hmm. or just any logo that it draws the eyes away from Mm -hmm. to that to that particular focal point, Uh, like a V
0: neck. um, Clay is wearing a V neck. (sighs) For those of you just listening, I'm I'm really. But the rules are different for me. Um, Oh, (laughs) true.
1: Um, But uh, like. What I guess in female skirts, is there often a slit to like make a little more room, make it a little more roomy, something like that? Yeah, just so it's not as um, boxy. Sometimes yeah. they'll do
0: little cutouts at the bottom or whatever.
1: So that would have been an eye trap because it's angular. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, ear, I guess things like earrings, things like that would be considered eye traps. Okay. Uh, even your scarf would be, you know, It's I'm looking at your scarf because it's colorful, not at your face. Eyes up here, Clay. So, so the can, interesting... Can women wear makeup? Oh, good. If you're one of Gothard's... If you're one of the girls that got there, grooming for himself. Yes, you can. Okay. Um, So double standards all the time. Well, here's the thing is, like, that one, I actually, I'm a little fuzzier on that one because I was, you know, that just wasn't on my mind wearing makeup. That Mm would have been more of a female thing. Can I? But go go ahead. ahead. Oh, I actually had a cousin. They were, so uh, my my, um, father and his brother, so my father and his uncle married two sisters, my mother and her sisters. So we had this other... My cousins, who I'm going to refer to, we grew up, both of our families grew up using this same program. And the my aunt and my, my female cousin, they actually wore like head bonnets, like um, hmm. like you would see like men Like a little or, house on the prairie. Uh, or like you you would see, you know, those white. Oh, Amish. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of reminiscent of Handmaid's Tale type of like
0: yeah.
1: things. But it, w- it was like you would see like an Amish person, you know, mm-hmm. wearing, it was basically that. Um, so they wore that, long skirts. Um,
0: so people yeah. looking in on that would think, crazy fundamentalists. They're probably just super legalistic. Mm-hmm. But the problem wasn't just legalism, right? I mean, there were, let's, having known Clay as an adult, every now and then I'll be sort of shocked by something that he doesn't know <laughs> from, like, just pop yeah. culture. And i be like, well, that was evil. Um, so maybe we can m- go backwards and, and use some of the, like, cultural touchstones that you might be able to list to help us get an understanding of the cult. Um and I I know you For gave example, some examples. Chuck Norris.
1: Good or bad?
2: Surely oh good. Gosh. No, Chuck Norris definitely
1: good. Okay. Uh I didn't want I didn't even know who Chuck Norris was when I was younger, but I don't think he would have been yeah. called evil. I don't yeah. know. So um, real
2: real fast, um are, by the way, are these so it's a it's a home movement. Is it uh also a home church movement or did you have more kind of mainstream church bodies that hmm. you know or was, it, was it like because like house church? church like house churches are sometimes um, said to be the biblical model, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then crazy stuff can happen there too because there's there isn't actual good authority, you know, and accountability and stuff. Right. But
1: are you saying was there like the did you go
2: to like kind of a congregation where like say eighty people were there on a Sunday or or did people mm-hmm. gather a dozen people at a time in houses and things like that?
1: No, it was it was a, a regular church. So it was a church okay. building. On Katie, did everyone Texas. in that
2: church do that homeschool model?
1: No, I think at that I think back then it was just my family and my my okay. cousin's okay. family. There may have been like one other random in there. There there was about half and half homeschool and half and half public school, but the homeschoolers weren't weren't involved in this gotcha. program we okay. were in. <clears throat> it was just my family and my cousin's family. Gotcha. Okay, sorry, pop culture reference. That's
0: okay. Well, they don't have to be pop culture, but just sort of cultural yeah. you know, watershed kind of yeah.
1: Are you talking about so just ways that you're talking about like the Duggars, the village. That yeah, type of thing? yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, um, the Duggars, they actually use the same program that we use, the ATI mm-hmm. IBLP. In fact, we, there was a yearly conference in Knoxville, Tennessee, that kind of families, all these ATI IBLP families would make a trek into. We'd get in our 16 passenger vans and, uh, and go to Knoxville, Tennessee. And my family did that, not every year, but definitely a handful of years. And uh, kind of the known thing was you would put a sign up in your window of your vehicle that said ATI or like headed to Knoxville, something like that. And we would see people on the road Hmm. with those same signs and you you would honk at them, things like that. Um, So in the very first episode, I believe, of the very first season of the Duggars show on TLC, there's a quick, it's just like a second or two, but there's like a little pan shot, a little glimpse of their van. And they have that sign Mm -hmm. in their vehicle. So they were definitely a part of this. They're they're like the poster child for like this is our model family. Well, they were the poster program. child
0: until. You well, know. nobody
1: really knew. I mean, it's still a, not a very known thing the the cult. It's
0: No, I know. I mean, until everything came out about the eldest son. Oh, yeah. 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 Like sexually abusing one of his younger right. sisters. Yeah. And then people were like, "What what's going on?" And I think that right. brought some attention Are they to still it. On
1: TV. I'm so dumb. I don't. I don't know. Actually, okay. Um, Whatever. Not sure. It'd be like season
2: twenty-eight by now. So whatever.
1: But that's one thing I throw out to help people understand. You know, because it's just a very bizarre world to get people Mm -hmm. to understand. So if people have seen or at least vaguely familiar with the Duggars, they know that there's people with all those eighteen kids, and they just live very strange. You know, very conservative and very religious. um, That that would be a little glimpse into my experience, um, kind of watching that. Also, so. M. Night Shyamalan's movie, The Village, which I'm a big fan of, and yeah. my sisters and cousins are too as well, because I remember when it first came out, we took a group from our church to watch it. This would have been when my oldest sister and I were now out on our own. Um, but we took a group to watch it, and that movie gets a lot of hate. A lot of people don't like it, but we really honed in on it. In fact, after when we were back at our house talking about it, my cousin, my sister, and I would, like leaned over to each other and said, did you like notice this? Do you feel anything? Mm. And they said, yes. Um, Wow. So that's a very, if you've seen the movie, then you, it's
0: a, it's an isolated community trying to. Using fear of the outside yeah, Yeah. and all the bad
2: influences and all the bad things will happen to you if you venture outside the village. Right. As a threat to keep you. And, And that's like a lot of the things you were mentioning seem like they're rooted in that like the, what was it called? I was going to say eye candy, but that's not it. <laughs> eye traps. That's how Evan thinks yeah, of it. He's like, like Trap, shmap, traps map. Like, it's but candy. The, the umbrella. Um, you know, it's like get get outside. The umbrella mm. and big trouble. You know, yeah. Or you know, don't follow these rules and you get in trouble. So, right.
0: Well, and yeah. you mentioned that the that people looking on the outside in to say the Duggars would think that they had all this, like this crazy religious mm. upbringing or lifestyle. Tell us a little bit about some of the just lifestyle stuff that you now know, looking back, growing up as a kid, like. Other families did not do this. Okay. Uh, I'll pull I'll just, up the little list. Okay. I mean, I remember you telling me something about breakfast and a prayer room or something. Mm-hmm. Tell yeah. us about that.
1: Well, this this little segment right here. Yeah. This is actually this is specifically about the training centers that they had. So if oh, okay, if you want to talk about that, we no, can, we can't.
0: I was just okay. thinking about you as a kid. I mean, I'm remembering you telling me things like being in the Kroger parking lot and having stopping oh, yeah. and you know. Having to say what you think people's sins would be, or something like that. Right.
1: I can talk. Yeah. That that was a, actually a prescribed exercise in the curriculum, and I don't remember. Go wherever was, you want. Yeah. Um, like I don't remember the exact reason we were doing it, but it was basically the assignment was, go. Oh yeah, because so much was put on the countenance about, if like if you're a joyful Christian, if you truly have like Christ inside you, your eyes will be bright, and you will be smiling. You know, people will be able to see it on your countenance. So the I think the point of the exercise was to go and find people and literally just look at their exterior and determine what kind of person is this. Hmm. Um, I'm in trouble. I mean, <laughs> yes, you I'm are. I'm such a Sorry. grump. <laughs> you know, I'm you like scowling all the time. You, know? uh, you need to do we'll some work soul on that. searching. Especially when we have to wear mm-hmm.
2: these masks and everything. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Um, but th- there's, there's kind of... I just have to say, and let me just interject real fast. Yeah. There's kind of some truth in all these things, right? Like it's a yes, pretty conservative. That's what makes it so tricky. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like, like I mean, should like women dress modestly? Yes, mm-hmm. uh, the Bible indicates this, and 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 like, should should people sort of in general be able to know if you're a Christian or not? I mean they shall know you're a Christian by your love and things like that so there's there's like some truth in all these things right. you know but so yeah but the
0: face that you use coming out of Kroger that's, that's is yeah, a bit right. because I'm never happy
2: coming out of Kroger because my Kroger in my neighborhoods it's not the nicest Kroger you know Right. only well, a
0: non-Christian would say that exactly
1: I think also it was just very much a zero-sum game it was either yeah. if, if you are not one thing you are the other mm. like very very yeah. unequivocally yeah. right uh, So either the ex- in or out Right, so we went. So uh, we went to the like the Kroger mm-hmm. parking lot and just sat there in the car, and my sisters and I, and my mother, um, and watched people go in and out. And I, I don't remember what exactly we wrote down, but it was like we were supposed to be able to tell if someone was a good guy or a bad guy, mm. basically by their by their look. Um, I remember I was in a, I was in Walmart, I think, with my uncle one time, the same uncle who was, whose family was he mm-hmm. had them in the cult um i think we were at the walmart uh like auto service department getting an oil change and i remember my uncle pulling me aside and pointing to one of the mechanics who had like a sh- short kind of haircut like on the side and, and i don't remember exactly but he made it a point to point out to me you see that guy he's like you see he's very rebellious with his haircut um i'm hmm. thinking back now i was like I mean, he may have had just a perfectly normal haircut, but the point. But rebellion was such a, the the problem with him having a rebellious haircut was because rebellion was one of the chief sins because that's anti-authority and authority was mm-hmm. the main focal point of the cult. See, that's yeah. sort of the thing though. Like,
2: authority is a good thing, you know. So, but but then it becomes you know like an idol or something. It becomes, well, well th- it God's depends. authority is a good thing.
0: Right. Authoritarian right, right. discipline. Right. Becomes troublesome.
1: Well, this is why it's it's. <sighs> this is why it's hard to get across kind of how strange it all was because yeah. even you're saying you're like you're saying well that doesn't sound yeah, I'm not arguing too with bad. you I'm just saying no.
2: that it's always a, it's always like the truth gone mad you know? right
1: yeah um, perversion of the truth oh, was, like, there was um, sorry, sorry. There was Walmart I was just, I'm sorry, no that's uh, authority. no it wasn't about that a mechanic but. Evan
0: yeah
1: yeah it wasn't about that I can't remember what. It well
0: was, and like but. you weren't allowed to watch a lot of movies that hmm. I mean even like Disney movies
1: yeah uh, no Sesame worst. Street uh
0: no Sesame Street? Why? Because Oscar the Grouch did not have a good countenance. Or <laughs> I think it things? was. And
1: this is, I think it was, and I'm, I'm basically a conservative slash libertarian these days. So I actually might agree with this, that a lot of like social agendas are getting put in children's shows. Yeah. Um, but that, that was the reason. It was like they were getting, they were teaching things. They were starting to oh, talk about Sharing. Things. That's where it starts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that that um my parents didn't want us didn't want us hearing about um but i wasn't uh, well for instance i when the i remember when the lion king first came out i was a kid like that was the movie like everyone was raving about this movie everyone was going to see it including my friends and i think
2: that's um, the thing with the clouds forming the word sex. um
0: that's a maybe urgent le- urban legend oh okay one. but but yes, you can see it if yes. you want to see it yeah yeah uh, okay. It's a movie about lions, but about family. But that, okay.
1: but that wasn't the problem. I didn't right. find out that that was a thing until later on oh, in okay. life. It was that uh, there's the concept of reincarnation mm-hmm. oh, in okay. there. And so I, I remember my my neighbor friends, they were going to see the movie, and they offered me a ticket. They offered my parents, they will take Clay to go see it if he wants, because it was a big movie. Everyone was going mm-hmm. to see it. And I remember I couldn't go because it had that in it. Um, so there's
0: not, a scene where Mufasa is kind of in the sky saying like "be brave." Or the, or the circle of
1: life, you know that. Um, but that's just that's an example of the things that you you said a little earlier. Um, that I'm just not like that's not a part of my cultural vocabulary. I guess I just I'm.
0: Have you seen the Lion King yet?
1: I have not. I, I, I made progress. I saw Aladdin a while back. That is not um, The Lion King. It's not The oh, Lion King.
0: Okay, so we'll be watching The Lion King. one of those. So. What is the matter with you? It's such a beautiful story, and Phil Collins does the music. Okay, I'm getting off the topic here. But yeah. you also were punished for quoting movies, right? When you were little. <laughs>
1: No, not when I was not when I was little. This was this would have been at one of the training centers. Uh, oh,
0: okay, so maybe we need to move ahead to that. Sure. By the way, the really funny thing here is that this guy speaks in movie quotes mm-hmm. more than anyone I know. So you're definitely yeah. in rebellion. I'm here to tell uh, you.
1: I'm not under the umbrella.
0: You uh oh dear.
2: Just watch more Chuck Norris movies. <laughs>
0: Okay, so you have talked a couple of times about these training centers. Why don't you – so the cult owned them here and abroad. Mm -hmm. Tell us about those, and then you went to one. Is that correct?
1: Uh, I was at two, actually. I spent time at two.
0: And for this kind of rebellion to still be in you, my goodness.
1: Well, it's funny because uh, thinking about my cousin, so there was a training center in Oklahoma City, And uh, he would actually get sent there whenever—it was basically, like, in substitution of military school. His Mm. parents felt like he was being bad, so they would send him there to get corrected. And he felt very, like, shunned for that. Hmm. Uh, So wait, so what age
0: kids go to these? Like, it's for teenagers and on, kind of, or uh, what?
1: It would be, yeah, probably teenagers. There were families that lived there, too, like, if the the parents were missed, like— employed there or if they were just doing service work there okay. they would bring their families probably not but probably not just an individual child probably be like a teenager um through yeah. young adult yeah okay um but these were so the the institute we'll call it because that, that, that was kind of the term just the institute um had these owned these facilities throughout the country oklahoma city big sandy texas indianapolis um oak brook illinois maybe some others that i'm, I'm just not remembering right now but there were basically properties that were either given to the institute or donated or the institute bought. Like Hobby Lobby <laughs> actually, basically gave um, the institute the one in Big Sandy, Texas, hmm. which I spent time at.
0: Spent time at it's like oh. prison
1: it's like re-education camp, discipline. Well, I mean, was it was it so
2: like when we when we see. Shows on Scientology and, like, people are sent off and they, like, do, like, mm. slave labor for 18 hours a day or something?
1: Uh You're Mopping floors. Elements or, of that. I remember working in the dish pit. Here's the thing is I remember one of the programs that I was sent to at the Indianapolis Training Center was called Life Focus. I remember, like, it's a lot of scripture memorization. It's a lot of, like hey let's gather around and watch. you know bring out the old TV set you know on the stand with the VCR under it and let's watch this video about why rock music is evil you know Um. or this missionary telling them about this story of how he learned to yield his rights which is a phrase that that's a but that was a buzz phrase in the cult Mm -hmm. is yield your rights about how he planted these pineapple trees uh, on his mission field and the natives like in their culture they were like he hired them to do it he paid the money but in their culture it's like I planted it so I get to eat it so Through that experience he was saying, I learned to like give my rights up to the Mm -hmm. Greater Good or To the pineapple trees, yes. Mm -hmm. So we just videos like that. Ray Comfort was one of the speakers. I know he's still Mm -hmm. doing stuff. Um with your former boyfriend Kirk Cameron. (laughs) Um
0: (sighs) Kirk Cameron. Where did we go um, wrong?
1: But uh try to bring me back. Um but these training centers, yeah. Um so I went to the program called Life Focus.
0: How old were you when you went the first time?
1: That would have been that was before high school, so that Dang. was that well that well may not um, before high school graduation, so it was maybe like junior high or maybe high sc- maybe actually like early high school years. But you were a teenager. Yeah, definitely definitely a minor, um, not on my own yet. Um, so,
0: and you had to like memorize a certain amount of scripture before you could eat or something. Maybe I'm conflating these ideas in my mind, but there, wasn't there something about going to a prayer room for a certain you could mm-hmm. had to have your spiritual breakfast before you had your Physical breakfast or something. That
1: was definitely a, a a doctrine, but that these were two separate incidents. Okay. The the prayer room was where you would go to pray and like think about what you had done. You know, wrong. So it's so, the corner. Yeah, except for it was so this 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 was at the Indianapolis training center. This was a, basically an old hotel. Um, so
0: that's not creepy at all.
1: Like a, like you would go into like a budget hotel. That's that's what it was. It was just donated to the institute and they ran their program there. Um, so going to the prayer room would have been just one of these rooms uh, where it was just all you have is a table and a pad of paper and the Bible and a pencil um, and just whatever, you know, there's a bed in there just like any hotel room, but there's like no decorations, no nothing, just, and the temperature could be whatever it is. It's just, you are supposed to sit there and like think about what you did and write like your apology statement. Mm. Um, Was it a Gideon's Bible? Bible? <laughs> um, that, I don't, I don't Could know. Have been left over. It, was, it was King James, whatever it was. That's uh, what okay. he's getting the only at. The authorized version. Okay. Um, no, no,
2: I was making a joke about the hotel, how the and oh, Right, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Um, but they were King james
1: only as well, I guess. For a
0: while they were, yeah.
1: Oh, the, the Institute, yes. Okay. King James. Um, okay. But, yeah, it was basically, it was some of these didn't actually happen to me. Some of these I read and heard about from other people. There's actually a website called recoveringgrace.org where Mm-hmm. S- former students will share their stories on there and their stories of at one point uh, the doors were locked from the outside so like you, they would put you in this hotel room and the ration like you may just get bread and water or they may you, they may not bring you food for a meal or they may bring you like an apple or something because um, the point there is not to be having a grand old time right the yeah. point is to to be thinking about what you did so I know su- at some point they were locking the doors like basically you were a prisoner, you, the anyone put in there, and I was put in there once for an infraction. I can't remember what it was, hmm. which is really funny because I was a really good kid. Like I was, yeah. I was very compliant. I Hadn't I even was, seen The Lion King. And but I did something, maybe quoted a movie or something. I got put in there to think about what I had done. Um, but yeah, just hmm. think that like, basically, it was locking. You were locked in your room. Like you could not get out. Um, I think there w- there was at least one incident of people, like, trying to escape by throwing chairs through, like, the glass windows and, Jeez. like, climbing down. I know one of the guys that I was there with, uh, he he escaped the building somehow. He didn't want to be there because I remember it was a big hubbub. But, uh, but the funny thing about that is all the doors – this is an old hotel, right? All the doors were locked from the inside. So, like, you had to go by the front desk and ask them to buzz you out. Uh, so I don't know how he got out, but um, – a very controlled, just a very, very controlled environment. How
0: long, so how long were you at the, the first time that you went to one of these work camps? I mean, institutes.
1: Well, no, you joke, but that's actually, I was thinking about it as I was writing you some of my responses was, I, I remember a lot of scripture memorization, a lot of prayer time, like a lot of time reading the word, a lot of time watching these videos, you know, of their, the curriculum. But other than that, I remember a lot, of it was a lot of like, it's, it's free labor as we worked in the dish pit in the dish pit dish pit, dish pit with you know any commercial Dishwasher. yeah any yeah. you know it's got a, any place that has a, a kitchen yeah kind of a, and this was an old hotel so um, it had all the industrial dishwashing equipment that was a big task because servant servanthood was put was such a big priority to the institute it was like you have to be serving you have to always be serving mm-hmm. people so yeah I just I feel like a lot of it was like unpaid labor it was like you need to learn how to be a servant like so You know, I don't Hmm. complain about going to the going to work in the dish pit. This is kind of why, even even now, like when I'm with you at a restaurant and you'll order something special off the menu,
0: I don't know what he's talking about. I would never.
1: But in my mind, I'm always like, wow, how are you doing that? Because in my mind, it's like you don't ask for anything extra. It's like, who who am I to ask for something special?
0: Um, Huh. That's interesting. I didn't know that little tidbit. So talk a little bit about. How they viewed like romance and dating and boy girl relationships and that kind of thing. Cause that's a little bit oh. different too, right?
1: Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a big one. Are you triggered? Yeah, actually, kind of, but that's okay. I'll push through. We'll carry um, on. We got this. Uh, so, yes, the don't you know that dating is just preparation for divorce? Oh, um, my.
0: I thought it was going to be sex was the bad thing. But well, he, well, it is. To divorce. <laughs> well, it is,
1: but well, I was. Um, Yes, dating was was prescribed as not the way to do things. In fact, in one of the in one of the episodes of the Duggar shows, a very uh, I remember Josh Duggar was talking about. I think they had just watched the Fireproof movie, you know, with Kirk Cameron. I'm aware. Um, yeah. So everyone, the love everyone, dare. everyone knows the quality film that that is, but is <laughs> but he was Josh Duggar was talking very arrogantly. So if you go back and watch the video about how. He's like, people are dating. He's like, no, 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 you don't do it that way. You do it the way we did it. And actually, in the first season, they actually show you Josh Duggar's like courtship of uh, of the woman he eventually married, and it's just awkward as hell. Um, <laughs> okay, so just just to clarify, in Fireproof, do people date? That's I remember that may have not been good to bring up Fireproof because it's not about. That's yeah. not no, what the movie's No, it's about, about a married couple. Oh, okay, because
2: I was like. Cause it's like a conservative Christian movie. Yeah. So I'm like, right. Are these people so conservative they don't even like that? You know? But uh, that's a. Sign no, that's they true. were endorsing <laughs> it. it okay. But
1: basically, he, it dovetailed into him basically saying, everyone knows dating is gonna fail. You know, it's gotcha. foolishness. But
2: but but in a courtship model, there's really no dating. There, it's, I mean, you you, you don't kiss like until the wedding day. In in some cases, mm. like mm. the Joshua Harris book, Never Been Kissed, would definitely be. It's I kissed dating goodbye. I kissed dating goodbye. Josh Never
0: Harris, been kissed yeah. is a Drew <laughs> Barrymore movie. <laughs> oh, man. We're making oh. a little movie list for later. Lion yep. King, Never Been Kissed. No, but great.
1: Uh, uh, I kissed dating goodbye was a very popular book when I was growing up. Mm. And while he wasn't, at least not to my knowledge, he wasn't involved in the cult. Like that was the exact mindset: was mm-hmm. this is bad, this is evil, this is something we shouldn't be involved in. We're gonna we're gonna find the better way to do things. Yeah. Um. So the the model of courtship is very much it's. Uh, the sequence of steps would be so uh, a young man sees a a woman he likes, a young woman he likes. He loves her
0: countenance. Exactly.
1: And he will then, well, first he's got to clear with his father and say, hey, I'm going to, he has to clear with his father to ask her father just to make known that he's Mm -hmm. interested. His intentions. And so then at that point, there will be there was no prescribed set amount of time, I don't think, but it could be like even a process of months to years, where the young man would basically date the the woman's father, basically like he's getting to know <laughs> you, you're getting to know him, like uh-huh. y'all haven't... he's like hey, sussing you, you go, out. Want to go
2: hunting, you know, together or fishing together or something like
1: that. But at that point, it's just it's just the father, it's just mm-hmm. the potential father-in-law and mm-hmm. the and the son, um, and so at that point, if he if 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 the young man passes the smell test with the father, then he can make his intentions known to the young the young lady. And then there's like, there's no one chaperone date. You're always in like a group setting. You don't touch. Um, uh, always chaperone. And yes, the eventual goal being like that you will have not like physically touched until the moment where... The pastor says. So does you the can uh, kiss daughter date the guy's, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, her, her father? No, because she holds she holds no authority. No, right, right, right. No, yeah. she doesn't get to make the decisions.
0: Yeah. Wow. But she does get to say yes or no to the proposal, ostensibly, right? Like, or is that just a foregone conclusion that well, if she's being pursued by someone, it's going to be?
1: That's a, that's a little murky because while there were prescribed ways of being that the cult said this is, this is the way that is like our poster, you know, our, our, the model that we want you to follow. Like families had individual choices. Like the best families wouldn't have a TV in the house. My family had a TV in the house. Um, Mm -hmm. The best families, the females didn't wear pants. Well, while my sisters did wear a fair, amount they of they did wear long skirts. Right, just right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. They, they just clothes. went around
0: with nothing on the bottom. Yeah. It was jump, a real eye trap, if you jump, ask me.
1: Jumpers, yeah. um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but no. So each family had discretion on how strict they were, but so that would obviously play into the whole courtship model. But um, but yeah, that was that was generally the pros. Women didn't have females didn't have um. There just wasn't that same level of like needing consent or you know like their opinions considered that type of thing
0: which gets back to some of the literature on should something bad happen you probably made that happen i remember there was invited it
1: there was one um piece of literature from the institute where it's basically the the son had been sexually molesting his sister Mm. and it was like the the sisters were basically like even the these were very young children was like would they or it was like when the, when the son was changing their diapers or something mm-hmm. like that, it was like, well, we have to make sure they're covered up, mm-hmm. then that type of thing. Um, yeah, a lot of victim blaming. Yeah. Um,
0: hmm. And, of course, like we said earlier, the, the head of the whole thing, Bill Gothard, had all manner of inappropriate relationships with right. young girls.
1: There are, a lot, there are lots of accounts from the, from the, the women on the Recovering Grace website, that talk about how he groomed them, how he liked them to have their hair a certain way. Like curly hair was a thing, was Gothard's preference. Um, mm. It was a little. It's it's a grooming process. Um, yeah, yeah. And some of the, a lot of these were actually like underage, like not 18 yeah. yet. Um, I don't, I don't think he's ever been accused of. Well, I don't. Yeah. You can Google
0: that yourself if yeah. you're interested in, in finding out more about that. But okay, so I saw in some of the notes that you sent, and I'm not seeing it here, but something about um, this kind of authoritarian setup. It kind of set things up, at least for you, and I'm sure for others, where there was there was tension between you and your parents, especially your dad. Um, and so, correct me if I'm wrong, but you then, after high school, went into the military. And you've said right. to me, you think you went into there. Maybe at the time you didn't realize it, but now you realize that you it appealed to this authoritarian mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, tell us about that decision, and then we'll walk forward to when you became the godless heathen you were when I found you. The I'm dis- kidding. I didn't find you on the side of the road or anything crazy like that. Yeah. But
1: So, there, there was no tension between my parents and i in the sense of that i would have questioned their authority when i was living with them that just wasn't an option yeah um and i was a good compliant kid so i tried to do the best i could to to adhere to that um and so after so this is a homeschool cult right after after high school graduation there's no real reason to be in the cult so i just started you know i went and worked um just started trying to get on with life oh yeah so most most Students when they graduate high school are going to college, right? Um, these days, anyway. And college was very much a no-no. Like that was not that was not something that was to be desired to go to college. Why? Because that was, and again, as a as a current conservative libertarian, I agree with this. The university system is absolutely corrupt, and with with social justice and with 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 a lot of um, L- those liberal type leanings, of or, right? Yeah. But that was but that was the idea was that they're just oh, so wisdom was always treasured above knowledge in the cult which again i think is a biblical concept but it was the idea that oh colleges they're just going to puff you up with knowledge they're just going to mm. teach you about they're going to which this is true they do teach people to question god but um but it was the idea we just can't have you exposed to that you know yeah. just you can't go to this liberal place of learning and and get corrupted um so just so i just worked um uh, Went to the world of work, and um, just did that for a few years, and decided I wanted to join the Navy because that was post 9/11. So that was kind of what my friends were doing. That's what I was doing. I grew up in a patriotic family who wanted to mm-hmm. serve, so I did that. And it wasn't so it it wasn't a case of I just wanted to rebel against everything I been taught. It was mm-hmm. it was once I was out from under that expectation, like no one was watching over me anymore. I just slowly began to fall away from that. And hanging around in the military, like these were the first people I'd really hung around with in my life who were just like hard drinkers, hard living people. You know, just like totally not. Or even like the ones who weren't like Mm -hmm. big carousers. It was just they were different uh, than me. And so I was. was, They had
0: seen the Lion King, probably.
1: Absolutely. That's and that's what got them started down the bad path. (laughs) Um, But and I was still trying to be like a good. I still believe in God and I was still trying to be a good Christian, um, and all that. It's just, I had no foundation of my own. Like there was, everything was just, I had been going through the motions my whole life. I had been doing these prescribed things, um, because that, that was the only option. That was the only thing, that was the only lifestyle I knew. So once I had the options to not do that, then I started slowly falling away, um, uh, just a little, just a very slow process of that until eventually it, bec- it just went to apathy and then to anger at God that I've been sold a false bill of goods in this mm. because the whole the whole way the the lifestyle of the cult was sold was to the parents was if you follow all these steps if you do these things that we've extrapolated from Scripture as like these formulas for success for 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 being blessed then your children will have good lives and what kind of parent doesn't want that for yeah. their, for their children so. I feel like my parents, like, I feel bad for them in that sense, that they were sold a false bill of goods as much as as much as much me and my sisters were. So then I became angry when I started to realize, wow, I'm, I'm this old in life, and I'm seeing all my friends, you know, move off, get married, and have what we would call successful lives. And I, over the course of time, as I'm seeing that not happen in my life, I'm just getting more and more angry, mm. uh, disillusioned, until I just – I never became an atheist. I never stopped believing in God, but I just said – you're doing your party over there in heaven, like, just leave me alone. I don't want any part of that. I want to do, I want to go to my party. Hmm. Don't care. And so I did that for a couple years until my life due to a a layoff and not having a college degree and things like that. Just everything in my life got imploded in on itself, which brought me to my knees, basically. Uh, I was throwing up foxhole prayers. I had, you know, rejected God for a few years here and just saying, like, you're my only... The only thing I know to call out to was God was saying, I know I've been bad here, but I, I'm asking, would you? I need some help here. Did um, you have any other examples
2: of who this God was or teaching on who this God was other than what mm. you had grown up with at this point?
1: Like, had you heard, say, the Methodist perspective or, you know, something like that? No, I grew up in a, a non-denominational church, which is really in the South is code for Southern Baptist, mm-hmm. which the, I think my sisters would agree with this, they're just a very, it was like a small church, so it's very, everyone knows everyone else's business, very like, oh, so-and-so's children are doing that, like, Mm -hmm. just kind of shy away from them. Um, I'm sorry, say the... So, no, I I mean, so, like, you're in a dark
2: place, and you're you're praying to God, it's like, but who is the God that you're praying to? Mm. Was it only the God that you grew up with, or did you, at that point, you know, I mean, there is only one God, but, like, Right. Was there another expression of who this God was that you could appeal to at this
1: point? No, not at this point. It would have been the way I viewed God before was in um, <laughs> in John Lee Hancock's uh, the Alamo, the movie he made a movie like ten years ago, something like that, there's the vision of General Santa Ana is that he's he's telling his generals, I want you to just throw all the troops at the Alamo. And his generals are saying, but they'll all get slaughtered. and Santa Ana says, what are the lives of soldiers, but so many chickens? Um, that's how I viewed God was as that general or as like Loki from the Avengers, where he comes down and makes everyone kneel before him and says, "This is what you want. you crave subjugation, like and here I am, your God." Hmm. Um, so that was that was basically my view of him. It was a God if I didn't keep all the rules, he was angry at me, and I knew I hadn't been keeping the rules.
0: Well, that's a pretty natural derivation from what you've been taught. Right? Right. I mean, if you're raised with legalism, then you're mm-hmm. going to appeal to legalism and then you're also going to fail at legalism. Right. Um, okay. So where we find ourselves in the story now, you're this godless heathen. That's the term that he used that I always think is funny. And and it's used that term on purpose because you didn't stop believing he existed, Right. but you just wanted nothing to do with him. Yeah. Um, but now you're here on theology on air. So what happened between this low point, godless heathen and now?
1: Okay. So this would have been, I think it twenty seventeen was when I got laid off. And that's basically I was looking for any handhold, you know, anything that could pull me out of, of just the disaster that my life had become. And my one of my younger sisters and so we all had this kind of disillusionment with the cult. And so we all went out to live our own lives and kind of deal with it as best we could. She was she always tried to hold on to her faith, like try to salvage faith and a relationship with God from what we've been taught. But at this point, I had just completely rejected it. This is a sister I know, right? Yes.
0: Who I remember um, posted something. This is before I knew you. She posted something on Facebook after watching the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on mm-hmm. Netflix yeah. and said something like, yikes, this hits close to home. Yeah. And I remember, just remember thinking, that's such a comedy. Like, it's mm-hmm. so preposterous, but that, that that would hit somebody close to home. Yeah. That was the beginning of me learning more about her story. Yeah. For but continue. Sure.
1: Uh, and so my sister... Uh, I was in the car with her one day, and she knew I was really struggling and really angry. And she said, "I know you're. I know you don't go to church. I know you're really bitter about that. But my friend Sarah Stone run, is going to be part of a a thing at their church called Alpha, which was a evangelistic tool where um, you can probably explain it better than I can. But I'll. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's kind of like. Christianity 101 but it's it's intended for people that are asking questions are not in they're not on team Jesus or new to the faith that kind of thing but yeah
1: so my sister said this might be a place where you could come and air your grievances kind of or at least feel comfortable talking about this kind of thing again in a place that's not going to judge not going to judge you <laughs> which that's what I would, would have experienced in the church before yeah or some kind of well-intentioned kind of oh you're just confused you know let's get you like back on the right path type of thing which just to Tried to force me, like, you need to memorize more scripture. You need to pray, you know, all this type of stuff. Um, so at that point, because I was seeking God again, I was, ang- I was angry. I was very much like, I don't want to go back to church. Those people are a bunch of fakes, and just I don't like them. Um, but I said, if I'm ever going to bury the hatchet and make peace with God, um, then I, this is probably the best chance I have to do it in an environment like that. So I started coming to Alpha and I know you've told stories about reflecting on how I was like, even just my body posture indicated I didn't want to be there. <laughs> um, I'm,
0: yeah, no, it's, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. F- funny now, Planting. but yeah. no, it wasn't, it was like, he'd scoot his chair a little bit out of the circle and kind of sit like half out. Like he was mm-hmm. ready to exit at any point mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I know a few times you brought up Jordan Peterson. He's your boy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it sounds like something was stirring right. at least.
1: Yes. I mean I was just it was a war in my mind the whole time I was sitting there in each session. But the thing I remember was not the the videos that were played, which are very kind of like Sunday schoolish type stories, you know, very 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 Jesus
0: y, I guess you would say. I mean it is to introduce people <coughs> to Jesus. Right. So yeah.
1: But but basically I knew that all before. Like I had yeah. read the Bible cover to cover multiple times. I memorized a lot of scripture. So I kind of I knew all the the technical stuff about yeah. what they were talking about mm-hmm. but what really kept me there and really just sustained me there was the people there including you and, and some of the other staff at MDPC who just took time to just let me be what I was in that mm-hmm. moment just angry and pissed off confused wanting to kind of make reconciliation but not feeling like it was safe to yeah. And y'all just were very, y'all just didn't require me to be anything other than what I was at that moment and just would stay late and let me talk about this kind of thing that we're talking about. And just over, it took a while, like after Alpha was done, I I kept coming to church and I felt like I wanted to be there, like like it was a place that I could try to be there again. But, you know, it took it took about a year, mm-hmm. that whole process. Like, I wasn't ready to say yes again. I was like, I'm comfortable hanging around with these people. I think these are good people, but I'm just not ready yet.
0: Well, and you would come to church, like, after the music, sit in the back. And then a couple Did weeks later. That? Yeah, and then you would sit over by our mutual friend, Dan. And then, like, but now he'll sit. I sit close to the front. Now he'll sit close to the front. Like, we've made some serious progress. Um, not that sitting close to the front means you're any closer to the Lord. but um. do, do you remember
2: having any theological insights or even, like, an epiphany where you realized, like, a different gospel message was presented Mm. or, like, a different, like, oh, this is just really different theology and, Mm. you know. Yes. Okay.
1: It it wasn't that the message, that the words were different, because they were. It was the way y'all handled me or, like, that y'all, I I could Mm. just feel a difference in that you weren't just reciting a rule book to me. It was, like, y'all were just patient like you were you were telling me the salvation story which I, I which I know but it was just a it was, it was the grace which was not the not the not definition the we desire and power yeah. it was I just I just felt it was very much an emotional thing it's because I had a lot of the knowledge already of Scripture the emotional part the part that kind of was the salve on my emotional hurting was the thing that that really made the difference
0: That's so interesting. We started by wrong definition of grace, and then what pulled you back to faith, or maybe to a real saving faith for the first time, is real grace. Yes. Which is what it is for everybody. Yes. That knows, really, really knows Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's, man, such a cool thing. Well,
1: it wasn't a a 10-step formula, as it had been before in my life, you know, hit these wickets, and then you you (laughs) get to score all your coins at the end. Yeah, Um, It was a very personal experience, you know.
0: Um, You've said when you told the story to a group that we're both in, you said there's a distinction between um, Islam and Israel. Will you tell us that? I like this.
1: Yes. This was actually – so this was during that period of being laid off and um, that period of a couple years. And at that point, because I was reaching back out to God, but I also wasn't sure. I was like, I don't know if I can trust you again. I was listening to every voice who I thought would tell me the truth. I I just started listening to all types of podcasts from – uh, Sam Harris, Jordan Peterson, um, Robbie Zacharias, any, like, um, Chris, Hitchin, Chris Hitchens, well, nobody knows Clayton, but oh. I'm, ju- I'm just saying, the big, like, the big names, like, the big atheists, even the big Christians, um, Dinesh D'Souza, mm-hmm. um, people who are both religious and very anti-religious, because I just wanted, I was like, I will listen to all of you, just tell me something true. Mm. Tell me something that mm-hmm. I can see, that's true, I can hold on to that, I can mm. believe that. Um, and so the, in that, I think in those videos, somebody talked about the difference between Islam and Christianity. It was that the actual word Islam means to submit to God. That's the actual mm-hmm. translation. But Israel, you know, was Jacob, was it Jacob yeah. was name? Jacob's name? Yeah, Jacob's
0: name was changed to Israel.
1: But the actual name Israel means to wrestle with God, which which he did, which Jacob yeah. did. He wrestled with, with the angel or I guess was it God or the angel? I can't remember. But Yes. Yes, both. Okay. <laughs> um, but he didn't like the the pers- if if Jacob hadn't been following the prescription of the cult, it would have been he's my authority. I can't wrestle with him. I need to. Uh, I have to accept everything mm-hmm. he's saying. Mm-hmm. But God. But yet we see in scripture that God rewarded his wrestling. Like like God understands that and honors and honored it in that case. So that to me, as a as a big like libertarian, conservative, independent thinker, independent responsibility type of person, that really appealed to me. Uh, the idea that I can wrestle with God and ask these tough questions and be pissed off to a degree mm-hmm. and still make progress and still still be still be in the still be ex- not pushed away. I can still be in the group you know I can still be searching. yeah um, loved and by God him. doesn't reject me for that.
0: Yeah. Oh man, so good. It's such a good story. I mean I, I love cults. I have a weird fascination with cults, but I just also love when people finally see God for who He mm-hmm. is. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you have any more questions?
2: No, I, I just, uh, I'm sitting here thinking, uh, you know, in principle, like a lot of the teachings like mm-hmm. I resonate with is kind of an inherent conservative, right? It's like, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I'm also thinking, I mean, even just this last week, it seems like a lot of people feel like our country changed a lot, you mm-hmm. know, not to really offer a lot of commentary on it, but I think there are a lot of people who feel, I mean, I've had people tell me, I, I think we live in a lawless nation now. You know, mm. they think the election was stolen. They mm. think that, um, and I'm not saying I disagree. I'm just saying this is the, these are the things they articulate, and I think that what we very well could see is a real movement of homeschooling. You know, very conservative teachings. You know yes. the, the the you know the Benedict option. Um, who was the guy that wrote that book? Um, Dreyer, Rod Dreher. Anyway, with the idea of like retreating mm. because. Our nation is really lost. It's it's going downhill fast. There needs to be systematic withdrawal from institutions, mm-hmm. the academy, entertainment. All that. I mean the things that I mean they were worried about things in the '80s that now are like pff, '80s. Yeah, golden era. What are you talking about? <laughs> like Ronald Reagan, Back to the Future. I mean, Back to the Future. The mean, power it was like of a, love. I mean, like, but it, but like I'm like telling my kids like, yeah, I grew up in a great time. You know, like it was the '50s, right? You know. But people who grew up in the 50s are like, the 80s, it could never be worse. So I'm just thinking of like, could we see this kind of thing like really popping up all over the place among people that you might not
1: suspect it because they are terrified like their country is gone. Hmm. Well, it's, I I would say yes. It wouldn't surprise me if we do see that. I think that the homeschooling trend was already starting to go that way. I mean, we're homeschooling anyway, basically. But it's the exchange of one master for another. It's, it's, Feeling insecure in one thing and saying, "Well, we're going to follow all these rules and that mm-hmm. will keep us secure." Mm-hmm. And yes, it, it is very. I often I often feel it when I'm explaining this to people. I'm like, "Man, I'm just not getting through how weird it was." Because they're like, "Well, we should be good. Like, we should, you know." Yeah. Um. But just one incident, that one um piece of the curriculum that popped in my head is there's a graphic, and you know, I think it'll be on one of those links that you're yeah. that you're gonna post is. Basically dealing about again with sexual abuse or or not even sexual abuse just abuse of like if I, the the phrase was if the husband like if the husband abuses the wife like there is no victim because mm. the husband is her sorry <laughs> I saw your eyes go up on that and that's the yeah. type of thing I'm. Sometimes I'll find a little nugget like that. I'll be able to bring up to people that are kind of be like, "Oh yeah, that's that was not bad." Normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's the thing is the Duggars, uh, or the um, people think they watch the Duggars and they think it's all very quaint. You know, oh, they're just old fashioned. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's it runs so much deeper than that. Um, um,
0: well, just even yeah. when you were mentioning like that, it's not it wasn't encouraged to go to a university because they're gonna you know, mm-hmm. try to push you away from God or make you question God. And, and that might be true. And yet there is something good about having your beliefs questioned and having right. to do the critical thinking process of figuring out what you believe is true. Right? Yeah. That's why are you smiling?
1: Because I'm just, I'm thinking about the whole um, God is not dead movie series yeah, yeah. where that that's that's like what they wanted us to be was like the heroes who who would stand up to the professor and like, win the day, yeah. you know, and like dunk on them basically. Okay. Have um, the gotcha moment. Of, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, the, good luck with that. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, the thing, well, so you brought that up. I know, um, there's people like Michael Knowles who grew up conservative, then became liberal. And now he's back to, mm-hmm. I mean, not that I'm not trying to equate conservatism with, with, um, Christianity. Right. Oh, although maybe I kind of am, but that's, that's a for another discussion. podcast. Yes, that's, yeah. Basically, I'm not trying to taint this conversation. Yeah. We're kind of bringing that into that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was like, to me, I took that as my father saying, he actually told me, like, I asked him a few years ago, like, did y'all, like, purposely not want me to go to college or was it just not something that came up? And he said, yeah, I didn't want, because he was, when he grew up, like, during the 70s, 60s, you were either a hippie or a cowboy, and mm-hmm. he wasn't a hippie. Yeah. Um, so he was very conservative, very staunch and conservative. Um, and, he's, and I asked him a few years ago, I said, was it, like, you were very much against me going to college or it just wasn't an option? He said... So I didn't want you to go because I didn't want you to become a liberal. Because in his mind, that's the worst thing I could become. Wow. Um, and you're
0: like, newsflash. I actually became a godless heathen. <laughs> even but, worse.
1: But to me, and now I'm back in the circle because I went out and made it my own. You know, mm-hmm. I went out and... I, that was
0: my point was saying yeah. when you talked about wrestling, it's almost like that kind of authoritarian mm-hmm. legalism doesn't give room to wrestling. Even with that kind of thing, like if someone tries to prove right. you wrong, then you have the opportunity to think for yourself and realize it. God is real, and
1: so that's part of the reason why my life imploded the way it did was because I I hadn't been allowed to take all those risks and fail at them. So now I've had to cram those risks and failures into a very compressed, short period of time, which has been very unpleasant. Um, wow. But I would say to my father that I said, "So you didn't want me to go, like, get corrupted here?" That to me speaks that you didn't think you did enough, good enough job, like training mm. me in the right way, like, I was going to get corrupted like this. Um, Hmm,
0: Interesting. I'm sure he loved that conversation.
1: Well, I didn't tell him that, but in my mind, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, Hmm. I think probably we'll go ahead and wrap this up, but um, if you have more questions for Clay, you can contact us, and we'll we'll put you in connection with him, and you can stalk him on Facebook and all that. But um, you can always... Find us on our YouTube channel on theology, I mean, uh, Facebook, which is Facebook slash Theology on Tap Houston. And of course, our website, houstontot.com. And any other, other, I don't know exactly when this will air, so I don't want to say. And looking forward to blah, blah, blah event. But anyway, um, well, until we see you guys again or talk to you again, then we just encourage you to question freely, think deeply, and disagree as needed.